This is All People Are Crazy, a reverent discussions on how to cope with being a perfectly normal crazy person. These conversations are to nudge your curiosity about mental health, fill in any gaps in your knowledge, and encourage you to make the difficult deal of taking your own advice. This podcast series includes adult concepts, explicit language, discussions of mental health, mental illness, suicide, trauma, violence, drugs, and sex, but generally not all at the same time. Please be gentle with yourself and remember to seek support if you need it, starting with family and friends, your general practitioner, and in Australia Lifeline from 13, 11, 14. Welcome to All People Are Crazy. I'm Lisa Downs and I'm joined by Australian psychologist and my favourite paper plate head, Tom Lothian. Hello, Tom. <laughs> Hello, Lisa. That is a cruel joke uh, targeted at the fact that sometimes I struggle to tell people apart. Uh, mainly men. Mainly men. Yeah, but that's okay. They all just look like paper plate, <laughs> hey, Tom. It's like, it's, yeah, which is a joke I stole from uh, the comedian Zoe Coombs-Ma. Check her out on whatever platforms she's on. She's fantastic. And it's and a lot of what she says makes sense to me. It speaks to me in my experience of the world. <laughs> you are my favourite paper plate head to sit in a tent with in a little sweat lodge, though, uh, just to be fair. That's great. <laughs> so to, to just break that down, because as we know, all good jokes require explanation. Uh, yeah, I often think that men all look like a paper plate with a face drawn on it. And, uh, yeah, and Lisa is being very generous in saying that my particular paper plate is her favourite one, which yeah. is great. <laughs> draw some pictures for insta or something and just like amazing have that up there and you can also check out our sweat lodge uh we have photos of that yep. on insta photos uh, in the sweat lodge it's, yeah it's upgraded it was a, like a baby sweat lodge at the start yeah. of this season and now yep. it's like a yeah I broke that mildly tent. grander that tent collapsed sweat under lodge. a weight of dunas and this is a slightly also an old tent but a better old tent that has yet to collapse under the weight of dunas for audio fingers quality. crossed obviously yeah. yeah maybe today's the day you never know <laughs> So last week we worked through how to help yourself to not be unhappy. True story. Uh, Which is the first step when you're down in a bit of a hole to working your way back towards that emotional middle ground so that you can then work your way from the middle space back up towards happiness, sort of digging up. Shall we say? <laughs> That's a good way of framing it. Yeah. Actually, I know it's a Simpsons joke, but that is a good way of framing dig it. Up dig out up. Of that hole. You got to dig up. And it is very like hard, grindy, dirty work, yeah. that, that kind of uh, jam. So, yeah, check that one out if you're uh, wanting a really obvious toolbox on uh, how to make yourself not unhappy. That's a good episode to listen to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, before we launch into this week, just a reminder that Tom does not dispense personal medical advice. All his advice is general in nature. And should you um, need to seek, professional support for your own individual circumstances in Australia, you should start with your GP. Yes, absolutely. So, Tom, our topic for today is go the really fuck to sleep. Yeah, which on reflection is poor grammar on my part. I'm pretty sure I wrote this while I was tired or distracted or a shiny I'm pretty sure we were drinking, actually, let's be honest. There was like two bottles of red wine involved. The word fuck is always welcome in a sentence as far as I'm concerned but should not appear at that order of the sentence like really go the fuck to sleep it would be better or fuck really go to sleep or go really to sleep fuck any of those (laughs) go the fuck sleep really but let's leave it as it is I feel like it speaks to the challenge and the frustration and the need for emphasis and in an episode about like sleep deprivation potentially yes that is kind of how words will like gobble their way out of your face at different times let's run with it as it is I feel like it speaks to a deeper emotional theme are you is this podcast episode just going to be recommending that you go and look up the go the fuck to sleep book read by Noni Hazelhurst which is one of my best (laughs) favorite things ever well, is I that mean, the it solution is, it is great and i do have a copy of it behind me uh, also like a shout out to samuel L. jackson's reading of it is uh, oh nice amazing that. oh look it just captures all the rage of what happens when you have a little person who is stubbornly holding on to consciousness <laughs> as an experience uh, but no no not so much i mean that is a, a fun piece of levity uh in Sleepland, and that's that's welcome because uh being sleep deprived let's keep in mind is a form of torture uh when other people do it to you if mm. they are indeed like a, a figure of authority whereas if you do it to yourself or indeed if your own children do it to you we say that's fine uh and uh, and then it's my problem i guess as far as a healthcare <laughs> professional is concerned so it's uh yeah sleep is uh sleep is good and sleep is hard uh and that's what we're gonna do today 
Okay, so something that I've never thought of before until we started talking about this topic is, like, is going to sleep even a place? Are we going no, somewhere? Why the hell do we call it that? And this is the thing, right? Like, the verb to go to yeah. sleep would imply that sleep is a destination and yes. it's a journey on your way there, whereas I think that is grossly misleading. Is it all about the journey? No. God, I hate the journey so much. <laughs> and I, the reason I really hate the journey is that sometimes that's the best metaphor for what's going on. It's this awful cliche. And every time I say it, a little bit of vomit comes into the back of my throat. <laughs> But in this instance, I'm going to suggest that sleep is not about going towards sleep, but in fact, letting go of consciousness. Ooh, Ooh. I know. I'm looking at your face and making an ooh sound uh, because that was the face you were making while you were having that sip of tea. Um, Yeah. And so I think, again, the big challenge with sleep is that a lot of folks will be desperately tired desperately keen to be unconscious and will be attempting to move towards that rather than letting go of what they've already got, which is hard. Yeah, I know. These sessions are so deep, man. (laughs) I just... Do you want to start talking (laughs) about... My head explodes. Like, control issues? Should we start talking (laughs) about... Lisa puts heads yeah. in hands. <laughs> in yeah, hands. This is not on video. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, that's good. It's nice right. that you start kind of rating all your body language. Right. I hope you do that outside these sessions as well. Yeah, Lisa now grabbing her face uh, in a frustrated framework. Yeah, and this is the challenge, right? And particularly because keep in mind, like you'll experience actual pain in a high enough state of tiredness. Yeah. Uh, and while I've never been clinically depressed, um, I my experience of being like proper sleep deprived is, as I understand it from the way my clients describe it, not unlike a really painful depressive episode where it just feels like your body's in a state of internal collapse, as though the whole thing is kind of trending in a very painful way towards the centre, and that centre is filling with nausea. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go, like, keep in mind, well, the reason why sleep deprivation is a form of torture is because it's incredibly painful, Uh, and people can go... Uh, spectacularly mad, right? Like psychotic symptoms are not unusual as far as sleep deprivation is concerned. I have experienced this. Uh, I had a florid hallucination while uh, while very sleep deprived. I was absolutely convinced that I was going to be charged by a rampaging bull, which turned out to be a tree. Mm, yes, ah! much to the entertainment of my brother-in-law. But it was was it a hiking adventure? Was like in the context of being outside and awake for a long time, okay. albeit deliberately, and it was yeah questionable as to whether that was a good idea or yeah. not. So yes, okay, you take okay. a person's mind, you sleep to private for long enough, not even a very long period of time, and they'll start doing some very strange things. Yeah, yeah it's right. bad for your body as well. Like sleep is really important for regeneration in all of its forms, mind and body. Uh, and so when you rob the body of sleep, even potentially for a single night. Uh, it'll start going pretty loopy pretty quickly. So I live my life, like I know that I'm 40, (laughs) but I live my life according to the mantra that applies to babies, Mm. I think that I picked up is sleep begets sleep. Yes. Like if you are not having much sleep, all of a sudden you're almost too tired to sleep or if you've gone past that good sleep window and get yourself away and you're overtired. Yeah. Ah, oh, it just becomes harder. It does. It does become harder. And then you'll try harder to go to yes, sleep. Yes, because I'm very tired. Exactly. And you'll engage all your best, like, problem solving and, like, thinking and, like, taking control flavoured, like, coping skills that you have, which should be very well. <laughs> Serve you very flag, well. Flag, flag, serve flag. you very well in other parts of your life, uh, and in Do this they? instance, well, yeah, like they help you get things done, right? Absolutely. I, I know that you're like throwing that out as a little like subtle dig at yourself, uh, but of course, these things are useful in the right context. And there's a big context where like taking control and doing things and planning and thinking are useful, and sleep is not a part of that. Uh, sleep is a space again where you're far vastly better off working on restfulness. Right, letting you really working on the body. So anytime the head gets too complicated, I always encourage folks to kind of work from the neck down. Uh, you know, neck up. There's a lot of stuff up there, like a lot of brain cells, apart from anything else, all crammed into this one fun little space. Uh, and when that all gets a bit complicated and tangled, I think it's great to then bring your attention to the neck down. Uh, and so if you can lie restfully, even if you're not asleep, that will stop you from going spectacularly mad. You won't feel great the next day you'll still feel exhausted but you'll be serviceable uh whereas if you burn a heap of additional emotional energy lying in bed being angry at yourself or the world or whatever uh because you're massively sleep deprived uh that is a very ineffective strategy what about worrying is worrying helpful (laughs) 
Yeah. I've got a lot of things to worry about. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm sure there's like plenty Just of thinking. great philosophers that say all the best problem solving happens at two o'clock in the morning. Said no one ever. I feel like we're just fucking trying to spruik for mindfulness and meditation again, back to whichever episode at the start. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Good this old... is feeling very vibey. Of... Fuck mindfulness, oh, right? And again, it's like when you need fuck it, sleep. keep in mind, right, it's not going to be a good deal when you need this stuff. By definition, I mean, I say this when people call me, uh, like prospective clients are calling me and I'm like, how are you today? They're like, oh, good. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> like Your voice is your No, not. that's true. I'm not. I'm like, of course you're not. Because if you were good, why the hell would you call me? Right? By the time I'm involved in anybody's life, whether it's a sleep issue or anxiety or whatever else is going on for you, uh, yeah, things have already got to be pretty bad. And so if you're already thinking about sleep and improving sleep as a situation, like if this is a topic that's interesting to you, uh, then by definition, it's not going well. And yeah. that's okay. right? And I we think- feel for you. Yeah, it sucks, man. It really sucks. Like, I I understand personally and professionally um, as a situation. And so, in this context, again, it's good old taking care of yourself. Yes. God, you're repetitive and annoying. It's really irritating, isn't it? Like, it's, again, the stuff your mum told you. Love you, mum. That woman. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon the one time, because I'm like, I haven't had children, so I've never Mm. had to go through this trauma of, like, learning how to be predominantly sleep-deprived and functioning, which, thank God, because I'm like a bear with a sore head. (laughs) And I think the only time that I've actually, like, stayed awake uh, for really long times, like you're crazy, like running around in the wilds, mm. uh, was like trying to cram as many films in as possible on an international <laughs> trip because films were so exciting back <laughs> then. And then by the time I got to Taiwan, yeah, and the like, next day I hadn't slept, and like I think I paid like $20 for an apple because I just couldn't process yeah, language the next day. Yes. But like, yeah. Sleep. I love sleep. You do need it as well. Like, it's a really important thing. It's it's like in order to live a vaguely sustainable life, you need to sleep enough on any given day. And that number changes, uh, changes by age, and it changes for every individual as well, Mm. right? There are folks who apparently need as little as four hours sleep at night, and there are folks who need an easy 10, even though they're grown-ups. I am that person. Yeah, and listen to your body. Again, I know I'm banging on, like, in a very consistent theme here, Mm. but I think listen to your body, hear what's enough sleep. You don't have to spring out of bed like you're in a musical on any given day. Um, And I think if you are getting so much sleep that you wake up, uh, you warm into your day, and then you feel fine, that's going to be enough sleep for you. Because mm-hmm. you can oversleep as well, right? You can kind of sensitize yourself to sleep. Yeah, okay. And then get in like a vicious cycle where you're getting so much sleep, but you still feel fatigued, so you try and sleep through that even more. Right. And often there's something else going on there. Like that's a kind of very, very kind of depressive trap apart from anything else. Yep. So if you're already having like a hard time in all of the ways that people can have hard times, the temptation could be to sleep it off. Uh, and that would be fine if it only lasted a night, but if it lasts longer than that because you, for instance, don't like yourself very much, uh, then that is not a good strategy. So enough sleep, right? Too much is a problem, not enough is a problem, uh, and even the way you do it is an important kind of piece of the puzzle as well. So trying to get a single block is a good idea as best as we can tell. Yeah. Mm. All right. So what's your number one thing if we're working on, like, getting some mm-hmm. not going to sleep just <laughs> yeah. getting some sleep getting or some sleep. Yeah. digging up out of yeah, not no. sleep yeah great where are we starting i mean i would always start with the sleep cave Ooh. yeah so i think Sounds like keep in like mind right we- like what are we talking glowworms <laughs> i mean if that's what we'll not glowworms though, okay because that's an important point because uh keep in mind we are all cavemen and it turns <laughs> you out and your cavemen. me and my cavemen well i love the cavemen <laughs> oh, i just think do. the cavemen makes i just never knew how much it makes sense of yeah. like all this weird madness that we seem to have in the 21st century yeah and i again i think the the more kind of society like develops in whatever way that means to you uh the kind of the bigger this like emotional mismatch is going to happen because we're still going to be emotionally geared up for the savannah of africa 200,000 years ago uh and keep in mind when it comes to sleep the caveman sleeps in a cave cave lady if you will cave person yeah yeah we all the cave Cave, however you identify the cave tribe right all them cave tribe they sleep in a cave which means not just dark it also means cool 
right? Ooh, you don't want to yes. overheat. Oh my God, hot dreams. Yes, Terrible. yes. Well, this is the Tone Lothian School of Dream Analysis, right? Anytime someone comes to me and like, I had this dream, because that's a thing in a lot of therapy. People like yep. get very fixated on dreams in the early days of therapy. Uh, that was a really big deal. Are and you a dream interpreter? Not really. What's your interpretation? No. You are too hot. Too many blankets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 99% of the time. You're like, what does this even mean? I had this intrusive dream and I'm like, maybe I need to quit my job and divorce my pet, my partner and like go and be a mountain climber for a living. Yeah, you do all of that. I'm like, and when you woke up, were you hot? Like, yes, what does that mean? Like, too many blankets. <laughs> take, take some of those blankets off. Yep, yep. Have another swing on. at it. Yeah, yep. see if that Open makes a, a difference and whether your life now has a different meaning compared to like sweat lodging yourself <laughs> but while you're unconscious. Yep. Uh, yeah, so not, not so much with the too many blankets. So, yeah, don't sleep too hot. And if you're a hot sleeper, all right, allow for that, right? So you need to like manage your temperature a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, give yourself the opportunity to not cook yourself as yeah. far as sleeping is concerned. Uh, and it needs to be cool. It needs to be dark. It needs to be quiet. Uh, and in modern days, the kind of biggest threat to that, I would suggest, is the mobile phone. Thought you were going to hit me on that one? Yeah. Now, a lot of folks get really fixated on the fact that phones throw out a lot of blue light um, and that, that can essentially trigger your brain to say, oh, blue light, it must be the middle of the day. Therefore, nine eyes is not a good time uh, right now. <sighs> Was there even, like, were those words even in a sensible order? <laughs> Sort of. Close enough. I got there. Yeah, like, I knew what you were saying. Garbled, but it made sure. sense. Excellent. Let's run with that. I mean, I'm entertained that you used nine eyes in a sentence. <laughs> nine eyes is a great, like... Is it? I, oh. I mean, you have children. Sure. <laughs> I don't. Doesn't come up often. <laughs> oh, cool. Fine. When you go to sleep as a responsible adult. Uh, yeah. Like, you want to... my attached dog. Yeah. <laughs> who ruins my sleep you're, you're, entirely. You're yeah, anxious, My sleep's gone downhill. <laughs> anyway, oh, carry on. <laughs> In any case... Right, the blue light on the phone. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a bit overplayed, to be honest. Okay. I think there's plenty of folks out there trying to sell, like, yellow light filters for phone screens. Uh, and, look, if you think that that's making a big difference to you, then great. Like, by all means, if you want to, like, buy yourself a phone filter, you find that makes a big difference, <laughs> pocket the win and keep on going. What about the 5G electromagnetic waves? Are they going it's into my brain? Thing. Oh, okay, dear God. No, no, yep. it's not a thing. No, these are all just radio signals, 5G networks. So this is a thing in Australia, team. It's just our latest generation of the mobile phone network. And there is, like, a host of conspiracy theories out there. I'll be honest. It's the same as a frequency. Some of your neighbours the... have signs and they're very convincing artwork. Those guys moved out happily. <laughs> okay, the new people are lovely. <laughs> But is it more the issue that your phone dings or you get a bit distracted or if you're not falling asleep straight away, you pick up your phone and then you start scrolling? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, all right. of that. Yeah. And I, look, I think I mentioned in the last episode that like the number of adolescent clients I have in particular um, who are very rusted to their social media, right? Adolescence is a time where social interactions are really important compared to before or after as far as being a child or a grown-up is concerned. Uh, and so a lot of those adolescents, if someone gets on social, everyone gets on social. And now everyone's awake at two o'clock in the morning when, as we know, all the best problems are solved. Uh, and so that is highly undesirable as a way of going about because now you're really waking yourself up to get whatever angsty and connected uh, and that is not a good idea yeah I would strongly encourage anybody to like manage the expectations of others uh, as far as when you're going to be uh, communicating and when you're not um, and you for instance Lisa and you mentioned this in the in the last episode and I see it on your telephone from like eight o'clock in the evening yeah. onwards <laughs> right I can see that you're not online right you have engaged your phones like I'm going to sleep now um, yeah. functionality uh, and it doesn't bing you uh, unless it's an emergency. And that's an important point, right? There's still ways yeah. to get through to folks in an emergency. Mainly because I just find that other people are more night active than I am. And so there starts to be group chats and then I get interested in the group chats and then I start participating. <laughs> but then I've got like one eye open and I'm trying to text on the side yeah. and then I have to sit up all the time because my phone's <laughs> auto-changing and it just keeps me awake. Classic. And then I, it pings again. Like Excellent. 10 minutes later, good. and that's not great for me. I yeah. need some downtime. Because when I said good, what I actually meant was the opposite of that. Mm. Yeah. 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 And I like putting on, um, you know, it's not for everyone, but my sort of version of, I suppose, sleep meditation is 
um, putting on an audio book mm. that I really like the voice of. I don't really <laughs> listen to them. I listen to the audio books over and over and over again. Terry Pratchett stuff. Love him. But it's mainly because the bloke is just so delightfully sounding. And I set my little sleep timer for 60 minutes. Excellent. And he just kind of soothes me to sleep. And I just find that so nice. That is great. And look, and a, an important point on it doesn't need to be perfectly silent. And in fact, perfect silence is often quite disconcerting to mm. humans. Uh, if you've ever been to a proper uh, recording studio, not like the one in which we sit, where the walls are essentially covered in carpet. Yeah, that makes my ears feel weird. Yeah, yeah, because we rely in part on that little bit of echo that we don't, it kind of sits underneath our kind of conscious awareness, but it's a little bit of echo that helps us orient in terms of whether we're standing up straight or not. Uh, and so perfect silence can be problematic. And that's why, you know, folks will have whale sounds or the sounds of rain or a sleep podcast or a mindfulness meditation or indeed listening to someone talk about Discworld and the entertainments yep. thereof. Yeah. True. And I was cultivating a nice little frog farm in my swamp at one point <laughs> when my backyard kept flooding. So that was delightful as well. They were glorious. Yeah, that's not a metaphor. You meant like a <laughs> farm actual, actual frogs. Frog yeah. cacophony. Oh, that's nice. You <laughs> get was... a little little like frog opera for yourself yeah, on any lovely. given day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my bit of, like I suppose, that's part of my routine. Yes. What else? So we've got a sleep cave. Of yes. Well, routine. You know, cool you, you, you drop that, drop that in. That's a really important part of it as well. Uh, so humans, like all animals, are susceptible to what we call Pavlovian conditioning or mm. classical conditioning. So old mate Pavlov uh, won himself a Nobel Prize at the start of the last century for discovering, uh, discovering apart from anything else, a field of psychology by accident, uh, which was uh, must have been an entertaining day as far as he was concerned. Uh, and basically, what he discovered is that when you create an environment, an environmental trigger for any animal, uh, that will trigger a predictable response. And so he, that's why routine is important, right? If you're going to sleep at a consistent time, the fact that you do it consistently will build your body's expectations that you're going to sleep. And so your body will release melatonin. We can talk more about kind of melatonin yeah. tablets shortly. Uh, but it will release melatonin, which is the brain's kind of hormone signal to say, it's time to go to sleep, nine eyes. Uh, and then the more you do that, the stronger your sleep response will be. So here, importantly, that if you're exhausted today, it's already a terrible deal to say, all right, I'm going to start building a healthy sleep pattern, what in the trade is called sleep hygiene, which I find a very unpleasant uh, adjective, but it is what it is. Mm. Uh, I'm going to build good sleep hygiene, a good sleep routine. Yeah, that's not going to fix it today, unfortunately. Right? There's no way, as best as I can tell, to sustainably go from awful sleep to great sleep like in an afternoon so mm -hmm. that that next night you have a really good night's sleep. Um, and, I mean, even the use of uh, sleepers, so something like uh, Tramadol or Imavane, it'll knock you out. Um, or you can take something like Valium, uh, which is a benzo, that will knock you out as well. That's not meaningfully different to, like, having a couple of whiskeys or wines or something like that. Yeah. And so it can knock you out. And those drugs are fine, including booze, to be honest, are fine. Maybe not together. Well, not together. No, don't take together as an important point. Uh, but having one of those is okay for essentially jet lag. So if you right. only need it for a short period of time to reorient yourself as far as setting like an initial sleep time is concerned, that's okay. Uh, but the problem with all of those drugs is they're all addictive. Yeah. And a part of that means that they stop working really quickly. So if you want to do that for like one night, have whatever, a glass or two of wine or have a Valium if you're prescribed or have an Imbavane if you're prescribed, that's fine, right? Like be my guest, knock yourself out. Uh, literally, you're going to knock yourself out. Uh, what you're going to likely to find is the quality of your sleep is not great. I mean, it's better than being awake, but not much better. Uh, yeah. And what you really want to do in order to have a sustainable practice where you get enough good sleep enough of the time is you need to like take care of yourself in the boring, irritating way that I repetitively raise to people's attention on a whole range of topics. Yeah, with. you're annoying. Yeah, diet or exercise. Anyone or even feeling good about yourself. <laughs> I mean, you've got to get good at disappointing people in this trade, right? Therapy is such a bad deal. Yeah. It's just the best. God, you just give people shit sandwich news all the time. It's like, best here, still going. Eat this. <laughs> 
pretty much. Fucking common sense and hard pretty work. Pretty much, yeah, because nothing else works, right? <laughs> like, that's unfortunate. I look forward to the day, really. If someone were like, good news, we've invented actual magic and everyone's going to feel, like, happy enough of the time from here on out. Psychologists, go find something else to do. That'd be great. Like, I really, I welcome that day, but it's been 150 years we've been cracking away at that research. There have been zero wins <laughs> in the meantime. And along the way, a lot of people set up, you know, cults, essentially. We're like, no, this is definitely magic. It wasn't. It was not magic. Uh, uh, yeah, it was It was damaging is what it turned out to be. So you know what else? Back sort of on the combo of the sleep routine and the sleep cave. Yes. And it's an extension of the phone, I'm going to say. Yes. Times that I've had really terrible sleeps <laughs> and really probably linked with quite – depressive episodes Mm. or in the dumpsy episodes are when I've had TV or back in the olden Mm. days I used to watch DVDs on my computer (laughs) (laughs) because that was in my room. Yes. And so those things, because I get addicted to shows. Like I am like, oh, my God, Alias, this is amazing. (laughs) What's going to happen? Or like 24 with Jack Bauer. Like, oh, my God, I need to watch the whole 24 hours in one session. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know. Or split up over two nights instead of one. Great. But like not sleep essentially because I'm so excited and hyped up by the show and it's there in my connection. I'm kind of lying with one eye open like sometimes like holding on with a toothpick just to keep watching it. So I don't do that anymore. Good. For the most part. And every now and I do, I have a shit sleep. Yeah. But so I will watch the TV in my lounge room, much to my dog's disgust, because she (laughs) thinks it's time to be snuggling in the bed. But then it's time to turn off the TV, and I mainly leave the TV in my bedroom for, like, morning news as I faff around. Yeah, perfect. I mean, that's a big piece of it as well, because here that when you're watching TV in bed, your sleep routine or your bed routine is practicing being awake in bed. Yeah. And so that's, again, one of the kind of strong encouragements to folks is only use your bed for sleep and sex. I was about to say, sex is the other one because as soon as you've got the TV on, there's less sex happening (laughs) if that's what your bed starts becoming all about. I guess it depends on what's on the TV. that's true, actually, As long as that flicks your switch. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, even when there are TVs in bedrooms. And, look, let's be honest, beds are an amazing piece of furniture. It's this great big, you know, quadrilateral square or rectangle of, like, delightful, warm softness uh, with enough support. And it is fantastic as a concept. And if you spend too much time awake in there, then your bed stops being an environmental trigger for sleepiness. And so part of a healthy sleep routine is letting your bed be a sleepy space. Yeah. And too much time in there fucks your back. Yeah. I find. There's that as well. Well, yeah. you do need to like move around and exercise because cavemen yeah. are not designed to sit still. Like that is not a pathway to happiness for anybody. No. I yeah. thought you were going to plug exercise earlier, to be honest, because I feel like exercise is part of the well, I, I routine am. of I am oh, absolutely going to do that because that this is it, right? Because it's not just about the things that you do in the bedroom. It's all about, so about oh, the way you God. live the rest of your You're going to go back on about food next. Exercise oh, as well. Yeah, of course oh, I am. So repetitive. Why don't we just do a highlights package? We're going to do a five minute intro at the very back of the start of this season and go, this entire season is just going to tell you yeah. to eat well, get some yeah, exercise. Right. Exercise and like, and like have some good relationships and stuff. I mean, pretty God. much actually. Because this is like, you know, that was like the whole theme of like, we spent an hour talking about it in the last episode. And the punchline was take care of yourself in the ways you already know. It's hard. Like you could summarize that entire yeah, this is episode. Shit podcast in that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we spent so much time doing this. This tent took me so long to put up. In any case, yes, Lisa, you've like I I mean I'm, what I do like is that you're channeling the resistance that anyone listening yeah. feels as well. It's that real. is Again, the reason why it's important for me to not just have me sitting in a tent by myself having this conversation. It's important to sit with someone like, oh, this is the worst. And you're the worst. Yes. Yes. This is how therapy is as well. When it goes well as well. And I tell you, if you're having these feelings in your therapy, say it out loud, people. Say it out loud. If your therapist is offended, they're not the therapist for you. Uh, Yeah, they shouldn't be offended. They should, like, take that hopefully with a degree of bemusement and support and then say, it is hard. Let's break it into a million little pieces and yeah. get one piece done at a time and be patient and That's dedicated okay. and optimistic and I like you and it's going to be good. Uh, and then you'll like slowly, you know, whatever, eeyore, eeyore your way through that life. Like, okay, let's get it done. Uh, Can yeah, we do it in Jason's 
Dude, let's get it done. Let's get it done. Yes. Go eat the megalodon. <laughs> oh, megalodon is yes. just the best word. He adds Amazing. a heap of extra A's when he says that. It's oh, great. I love it. In any case, <laughs> exercise. Whoa, why are you the freewheeling one today? I'm really That's having a good time. Like, did you like eight drink six coffees before no, you? No, I limited myself. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about we caffeine. Had a bloody discussion yesterday, didn't we? Caffeine bookmark. Let's get it uh, done. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, back to exercise. Right. Exercise. So yep. the good news is what goes up must come down, and mostly that's a bad deal as far as like mood or whatever is concerned. But in this instance, we should utilize that to our benefit. So if you expend energy during the day, and not just emotional energy, that's an important point. You want to finish the day tired. Right Again, the caveman, not designed to sit still on Netflix all day. Caveman did not do Netflix and chill. Uh, the caveman did go out, be chased by something, chase something else, dig something up, eat that thing. Have some sex. Exactly. All of those good things. Yeah. Uh, and so That's it's fine. important, right? Like you want to do the taking care of yourself as a part of it. And I t- particularly for folks in therapy, right? I'd say a lot of folks will hit uh, the end of a therapy session and they're exhausted. Mm. Right? A lot of my clients are exhausted. Often I'm exhausted at the end of a day of watching other people do cool, hard work. Uh, And what I know for myself is if I've been sitting in my chair all day, right, like, and I'm, you know, in telehealth land, I'm working out of my house. Mm. So I can stay, you know, under a thousand steps if I really put my mind to it, just like sitting, crashing out the therapy and not moving terribly much. Uh, That is not a good space to like then go into bed with. I need to like go for a run or go for a bike ride or do something to let my body, the energy in my body basically align with the energy in my mind. And that is the last thing I want to do in that moment. And I've had lots and lots of times where I'm like, I do not want to go running. I do not want to get on my bicycle. And I have never regretted it afterwards. Every single time. Yeah, every single time. I trust that it's going to work because it does. Because, again, exercise is like the strongest antidepressant on the market. And I trust that it's going to work. And I'm like, yeah, 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 let's just, just start. Just start. You don't need to like, you don't need to want it for the entirety of it. You just need, if you're going to put your running shoes on, just put your shoes on and just get out the gate. Get out the gate and just get down to the end of the block. And then if you get down to the end of the block and you really want to come back, then you can come back. Right. That's the deal I make with myself. Yeah. And I never come back. Yeah. Right. I mean, I do eventually, but after I've run, whatever, a couple of kilometers or 5K or something like that. Or a walk. Yeah. Or just go for a walk. Again, whatever your edge is, because it doesn't need to be running. It doesn't need to be cycling. And we talked about it a lot in the last uh, episode is if you're going to do exercise, do something fun. Mm. Right. Like I have a big shout out to uh, my favorite running app, Zombies Run, uh, where I get to engage in the highly entertaining, uh, you know, fantasy of living in the zombie apocalypse, which was pretty meta as far as doing it through the pandemic was concerned. <laughs> I tell you, like a mysterious virus has spread across the world. I'm like, ooh, has it now? <laughs> this feels real. <laughs> I will run faster. <laughs> it was very <laughs> motivating. From those strangers who were coughing and breathing over there. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at those coughing shamblers over okay, there. Okay, if I don't want to listen to your common sense advice, <laughs> can I just take a Red Bull or something in the afternoon after I've had a tired day and well, you're then already go to sleep? exhausted and then get yourself wired on caffeine. Yeah. yeah, really good. No, don't do that. No. Uh, no, and, and this is an important part of it, right, is sitting with the tiredness. And it's not that you can't consume any caffeine. Like, I am totally addicted to caffeine. I don't have a lot of coffee. Like, I've had had one coffee today and I'll probably have a second one after lunch in the siesta zone uh, and that will carry me through and I'm not terribly sensitive to caffeine either like I can have a coffee with dinner if I really want to um, and be fine to go to bed I cannot no anything after about 10 30 I'm off the and see this is the thing I'm that's the, the coffee skill. caffeine but sometimes I will no that's not true see that's a me mm. thinking I'm not having coffee I love a diet coke <laughs> that's my afternoon delight <laughs> Uh, but I mean, a lower concent- no. it's a lower concentration of caffeine. Right. Than- but it's all the other chemicals and well, there's pretend s- sugars and stuff that's stuff not good. in it. Yeah, yeah. That, and look, it kind of depends on what you react to, right? Mm. So we can always, yeah, lean on research, which will give us the average, right? That will load the odds in favor of success. But in the same way, that not everybody needs eight hours sleep exactly. 
right? Like I don't need quite eight hours sleep in order to feel refreshed. It's pretty close, right? Mm. I'm pretty close to eight hours uh, most of the time, but I don't need quite eight in mm. order to, to get through. And on any given day, I could have a lot less than that and be fine, right? Mm. Like I think last night I had six and a half or something sure. like that. Yeah. yeah, I know because I'm so cool <laughs> and stuff. So I could get up early to exercise and just be self-actualized as a human being. No, and I can guarantee that by four o'clock this afternoon, I'm going to be like, oh, that was a bad idea and I feel exhausted now. Uh, and that's an important part, right? Ultimately, is it acceptance that you're going to feel tired yeah okay. and to jump back to kind of caffeine and other stimulants or caffeine and indeed other foods or chemicals pay attention to your body like if you know that you have a tendency to sleep poorly when you have a red bull at nine o'clock at night uh yeah you need to learn to not do that right you need to start shaping your practice again doing the really boring thing of taking care of yourself so when we're so you're saying not every sleep routine is the same and no. we should notice what works for yes. us. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, bespoke that up, right? You're a custom model. Everyone is a beautiful, oh, unique nice. snowflake. And so we need our own beautiful, unique sleep routines. I mean, to say that they're beautiful is probably overselling the point. Mm. Uh, but, yeah. Like I think listen to your body, listen what works for it, listen what doesn't work for it, and that is likely to be different than what you feel like doing. Because, yeah. again, keep in mind, the strength of the emotional system is it does a huge amount of problem solving very quickly, and the disadvantage of the emotional system is it is not beholden to, like, logic or consistency. Uh, and so just because you have a strong urge to stay awake watching Keitha Sutherland, I think, uh, oh, pretend to be Bauer. Jack Bauer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, that is not necessarily a good idea. No. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> no, she's. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Everything in moderation, including moderation. Right, because again, keep in mind, it doesn't need to be perfect. And I I had a sentence earlier where I could hear myself just using the words enough repetitively. Mm. And even that's an important part of it, right? You don't need to sleep perfectly every night, right? In this moment, after a short night's sleep, after less less sleep than I need in a sustainable fashion, I'm fine. Uh, And like, I'll probably bounce back. I'm likely to have a better night's sleep tonight as a result. And the thing that's going to get in the way most of that is worrying about it. Yes. So let's go back to that because I don't really think we've uh, nailed that as a thing. Nailed that. And I think there's more to do. So if I am in my bed worrying about things, I haven't had proper sleep for a while, I'm still worried about things, I'm feeling anxious or whatever it is that's powering my inability to travel towards sleep. You're very good. (laughs) Away from consciousness. You're traveling away from consciousness. Yep. Um, what else are we talking about here? What other hot tips have you got for us? So I think if you've got a head full of worries, there's a couple of options. I'd say there's a kind of top-down a, a top down approach and there's a bottom-up approach. Mm-hmm. So as far as top-down is concerned, if you've got a, essentially the to-do list churning in your head, write it down. Yes. Yeah, I would get out of bed. To yep. be honest, get out of bed. So don't practice being awake and frustrated in bed. So yep. the the kind of the textbook would say 20 minutes. You want to give yourself a 20-minute shot at lying in bed. And if you're tossing and turning and you're like, all right, it's been 20 minutes, get up, write down the list of worries so that you know you're not going to forget them. Yep. Right. And then if they're still churning in your head, which they will, you're like, it's okay. I've written them down. Yeah. Right. The list of worries, the to-do list is there. It's on the whatever kitchen table or wherever you do yep. your, your writing. It's in my phone, which I've plugged in a different room so mm-hmm. it doesn't sit there and irritate me all night. I would say write those worries down, let them be done as far as that's concerned. Then do something boring. Right. Don't overstimulate yourself. Right. So instead of turning on Jack Bauer, I mean, my generic suggestion for something boring to do is uh, to read Pavlov's book actually, (laughs) which is freely available and poorly translated. Uh, Yeah, so it's available in PDF on the internet. Conditional Reflexes uh, by Ivan Pavlov, published in about 1905 or 6, I think. Uh, It is full of really important information and probably the worst written book in the history of the world. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, And so that ticks the box. I mean, don't read too much. You might die of boredom. Uh, (laughs) But other than that, if you need something to slow your brain down, yeah, that'll do the business. Or insert here whatever works for you, right? If you're a mindful coloring person or if you want to listen to... Far out. I don't know. Gardening Australia. Do they have a podcast? Probably. Or do some meditation or do some yoga or do some lying on the ground and stretching or something softly. Yeah, that's a nice look at your story time voice. That is really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So taking that softly, gently approach, slowing your body down, letting it like work its frustrations through. 
we're not going up at this stage. We should have done that earlier in the day. And if we haven't done it yet, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Focusing on slow breathing. Yep. Like even some of that stuff. And I think, you know, as much as the internet is sometimes a terrible place, it's a great place for free apps, YouTubes, or, you know, soundtracks that you can put on that can talk you through breathing. And there's different breathing strategies for... 10 in and three out or whatever it might be for yep. either pumping your body up or slowing your body down a little exactly. bit, as I understand it. Yes, and a Smiling Mind, which I've previously mentioned in, I think, the mindfulness episode. Uh, so it's a free mindfulness app, Australian-based, content's really solid, and it lacks a lot of the kind of semi-magical thinking that appears uh, because we stole mindfulness from Buddhism. Yeah. Um, and so some folks like to bring in more of that kind of religious element, which, hey, if that's what attracts you, that's totally great. Uh, and if that's not what totally attracts you, then this is a space to get all of the good stuff without the, uh, you know, the spirituality attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they have a 21-day sleep program uh, yeah. as part of their jam. I have used that in my time yeah. and found it really helpful. Yeah. And it's not that it's Maybe helps you, like it takes sort of, I found it took me a few days to mm. get used to it yes. and to teach my brain to calm the fuck down. <laughs> but I really, you do get used to it and yes. it steps you through things and it graduates you bit by bit. And yep. yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Yeah. And so I think going after stuff like that, right? So if you're frustrated in bed, give yourself 20 minutes, go write those worries down. And then what you're describing, Lisa, is the bottom up work, right? So it's letting go of the stuff that's head, like neck up. It's acknowledging that that is full of complexity and challenge. When you say neck up, you're talking about my brain. I am talking about your brain. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't clear. Uh, Yeah. And then neck down. I only had that one coffee. (laughs) Don't judge me. Work the neck down, right? Pull yourself into your body, slow it all down. I mean, I think I really love about breathing is that it is such a connected experience because there's enormous number of sensory neurons around your lungs apart mm. from anything else. So the lungs will have a strong influence on the heart, right, if we're slowing the lungs down, and the lungs are quite controllable, whereas the heart is not. Right, mm. the heart like kind of hums away on it. Is it the parasympathetic? I don't know. It's one of those body questions that I don't really know the answer to. Mm. Ask a doctor. Uh, yeah, it's one of those um, like automated systems within the body. But if we slow the lungs down, the heart will slow down too. And then Mm. from there, now we're like pumping out the relaxation vibes along the vagus nerve for the nerds in the the audience. Yeah, yeah, in both directions, right? Sending that out throughout the rest of the body as well as back up to the brain. So if we work the body, the brain will come along for the ride. While you're doing your breathing and et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. the other thing that I really like that's a little bit like hippie, like I may as well buy some crystals, is I really like me a bit of essential oil in a little mister or a candle or something because when you're doing the breathing and you're breathing in through your nostrils Mm -hmm. and I just find that's very calming. Excellent. Find yourself a little nice one. And I could probably give you a really boring evolutionary reason as to why that's the case. Yeah, if you want, but why? (laughs) Why bother? I like it. It's nice. Don't spoil the romance of it. Yeah, fair enough. And I tell you, even if it's only the placebo effect, like I'm a big fan of the placebo effect, right? Like the placebo effect is massive. Uh, And sure, it's unethical for me to like mislead my clients and deceive them even if it is with their best interests in mind Uh, i don't think that means we have to abandon the placebo effect as a concept and so even if it's only part of what you're using whether it's lavender oil or, or something along those lines yeah i would say form a strong belief around the benefits of lavender oil treat it as a signal to your brain that it's springtime and therefore your cave tribe is going to be happy because of all the whatever fruits and vegetables that are now available and then let that support you as you drop off to nine eyes yeah love the nine eyes <laughs> <laughs> um so they seem quite practical and stuff if that's still not helping you mentioned some like one-time bonanza drugs. Yes. Is there other um, more sustainable, less drug-intensive Yeah. So melatonin is now very much on the market. And, I mean, it has been for a while, but it was kind of obscurely used for a long time. But melatonin is available in tablet form. 
Uh, in a lot of countries, it's available across the counter because it's incredibly safe as far as a drug is concerned. Now, I'm not aware of any long-term risks attached to like long-term melatonin use, but I would have a chat to a doctor about that as a possibility. And I think that will depend very much on what's going on with the rest of your body. Like I think if you had uh, liver problems in particular, I'd be really curious about what it means to take melatonin in a chronic form. And maybe there's issues with different, I don't know, autoimmune or allergy or whatever else. Medical stuff, see a doctor. But I'll tell you, like autistic kitties in particular who are renowned for their poor sleep cycles, that's like an important piece of the, the picture as far as a lot of autistic kids are concerned. Yeah, we have like no compunction in giving them really quite large quantities of melatonin. Uh, it seems that they're really robust with it and that it's fine for the vast majority. So melatonin is the hormone that's released by the brain, which says time for nine eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just as simple as it is. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, but unusually simple. So normally we can't get the hormone that the brain releases into the brain. The brain's actually incredibly well protected from the bloodstream, right? Even though stuff comes from the bloodstream to feed the brain, uh, it's very hard to get drugs into the brain. And melatonin is one of the few ones where we can slip it straight in and it's the actual drug that we're, uh, we need, the actual hormone that we need inside the brain. So here that melatonin is useful to help with issues with the onset of sleep. But if you're having problems with waking up in the middle of the night, it's not likely to be of use for you. Right. Yeah. That's more you're like, I have worries and I should deal with them. Right. And so even if you're taking your melatonin to like do a piece of the puzzle, if you're a waker upper in the middle of the night to do all the best 2 a.m. problem solving, I'm going to suggest that's more like an anxiety framework is what we want to go after at that stage. It's allowing yourself to be tired, allowing yourself to be anxious, having a list so that you rationally know that the problems themselves are under control. And from there on out, it's all about the bottom up, right? It's about working the body, uh, working the breath, working the whatever, because if some folks have issues with lungs and so that's not a good pathway for them, but there are other pathways as far as those folks are concerned. And again, like the the good thing about that Smiling Mind program is it will step you through a whole range of them. Uh, And of course, you can find the me-shaped people to assist you. I was going to say, I feel like um, when you're at that point where it's been a constant issue um, that's really not getting better after you've done some of those practical steps, it's um, getting yourself to a psychologist or a counsellor or someone you can chat to. And even a GP in the first instance, a lot of GPs are really like under control as far as this information is concerned and indeed providing you with support because, of course, knowing the things is a really small piece of the challenge. Doing it is the hard bit because you're doing it while you're tired. And, you know, as we talked, I think, in like the relationships uh, episode or maybe the boundaries episode, that's not when we do our best communication. Right, our best communication doesn't happen when we're exhausted, and yet that's when this communication must happen by definition because yeah. it's hard yards. And otherwise, um, back to my mum saying, <laughs> uh, a problem shared is a problem halved sometimes yeah. as well. So if you can't get yourself to a psychologist immediately or whatever, sometimes a cup of tea with a friend and actually using yes. your words or mm. putting your big girl pants on or your big boy <laughs> pants on and perhaps trying to get across with your manners or whatever mm-hmm. else it might be, if there's something you need or something you want or yes. something that's not working for you in some of your relationships, yeah. which is usually where these things come out. <laughs> I'm just talking for a friend. Um, <laughs> like there's something not quite aligned that's yeah. probably keeping you wow, awake and, see, and worried. Now you're hitting on a whole kind of important point, which is that sometimes these worries can be useful. Right, they oh, might indeed it. like oh, you're so annoying. guide you in a helpful <gasps> yes. but challenging direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good absolutely, and it could play out in any part of life. And look, just because your emotional mind right wraps hard on your head and says, "Oi, go pay attention over here," <laughs> yep. that is not a guarantee that that is a deep and intuitive wisdom. Sometimes <laughs> it's what you talked about at the start, <laughs> like. Rap, rap, rap. You definitely have problems in this relationship, by which I mean you're overtired. Uh, it can <laughs> yes. be that, yeah. right? Like it can be that okay, as yeah. well. But it's absolutely worth some calm, collected thinking. Yes. And in the uh, cool light of day, right? So once the the sun rises, because weirdly enough, even if you're exhausted, even if you're exhausted, excuse me, uh, and you, if not watch the sun rise, at least give yourself some exposure to the sun. Right. Yeah. There is a piece of brain that's kind of at the front, just above your forehead and in a bit. Yeah. Uh, and that is the th- part of your brain that reorients your body clock. 
Yeah. Because unfortunately, the human body clock seems to be, on average, tuned to a 24 and a half hour day. Is that so? Yes, that's on average. So, you know, some people will be more, some people will be less. And that is, of course, deeply inconvenient because the day is 24 hours long, Mm. uh, which means we're always going to feel, under the best of circumstances, like we've had half an hour's less sleep than we would like. Is that so? Yes. Not really clear why that's the case. Seems to be a bit of like bung wiring, to be honest. And that's an important part of the human experience, right? Mm. Understanding that the whole thing is like wired pretty ass backwards uh, and is a like mishmash of poorly designed and implemented like shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, and so if you take yourself as having a brain that functions like that, when it does weird stuff, hopefully you'll be a bit gentler with it. Yeah. So on a 24 and a half hour um, sleep cycle, you need a bit that's like, oh, I need to readjust. I need to yeah. readjust. This is why people can do jet lag and get over it. Otherwise, that wouldn't make sense at all, right? Traveling halfway across the globe in a day uh, should fry people if there's no, like, readjustment piece. But there is a readjustment piece. And that blue sky and that sunshine, don't look in the sun, to be really clear, if you, unless you didn't know that already. Don't look at the actual sun, because that's bad for you. <laughs> but... Let sunlight fall on you. Yeah, shout out to the sun. I'm quite seasonally effective. So this last few years of La Nina where, like, Mm. the clouds have just been all about all the time, uh, I've really noticed it. Yes. It's, yeah, sunshine. Is important. A big deal. Well, and I tell you, like, while only, you know, two or three percent of the population have full-blown seasonal affective disorder, which is a depressive disorder, half the population have traits. Mm. And so, like, my busiest month of the year generally is April. Yeah. we're in the Southern Hemisphere. And, yes, if you have an underlying history of trauma or an anxiety disorder or whatever else, and we're doing good, hard, earnest work on that, when you have all of that and then the days get shorter and mm. the weather gets cold... Yeah, that's an additional depressive pressure on your brain and body, uh, and a lot of folks will really struggle through yeah. through that month. In I don't even mind the cold and rain; I just need the sun to be out. Yeah, and I think that's part of having the sleep routine as well is yeah. making sure that I can try and have enough mm. flexibility in my day to get out, even if it's at the office. Like I went through a period of time, and I've worked in politics, so I worked in Parliament House, and I worked in this tiny office. It was kind of the Harry Potter <laughs> under the stairs cupboard, and it didn't have a natural light. No. And so, if I was working all day and I didn't get up and go for a walk yep. around the outside of the building, I did not get any sunshine, yep. and I didn't. It was like someone sort of told me this thing after about a year or two of living in Canberra. I was like, oh my God, why didn't I think of this before? I was like, yeah, you got to get out during lunchtime, man. Yeah, You've got to go for like a 15-minute walk. The caveman doesn't stay in the cave all no. day. That's bad for the caveman. It's very bad. It is very bad for the caveman. So yeah, like the sunshine part is an important part as well. And sleeping at nighttime, which sounds really obvious when you say it, but I tell you, there's a lot of adolescents in particular and in school holidays, a lot of adolescents mm. will invert their sleep cycles, right? If not in a day, then certainly over the course of a couple of weeks and it's not a good idea i was almost entirely inverted at university (laughs) with you as we know but it was nothing to stay up and work all night and then sleep all day and miss most of my lectures yeah you went to yours i did not (laughs) (laughs) depends which degree we're talking about (laughs) that's true yeah i was not a very dedicated accounting (laughs) student until like (laughs) right at the end i kind of got my shit together adequately to just Finish. Yeah. Uh, psychology was a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, I was true, like, true. mature. First I was. I was that irritating mature age student yeah. who was like at the front, pencils ready. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But all of that aside, yeah. So you need to sleep at nighttime. And the temptation again, with keep in mind with the twenty four and a half hour body clock, uh, and in school holidays will be to do what you feel like. Plus your adolescence, so you're probably <laughs> kind of working through a whole thing about how you should be allowed to do what you feel like because that's a major moral issue. It's not. Uh, <laughs> however, that's like a fun conversation to have with your parents or indeed me if you need to. Uh, yeah, you need to take care of yourself. And sleeping during the nighttime is an important part of that. Even though it's fun to stay up all night at times or it's fun to go out to like parties late at night, uh, that's all fine. Again, keep in mind everything in moderation, right? It's not you need to do all this stuff all the time, but you do need to do it enough of the time. Mm. Uh, and humans are a daytime animal. We are not a nocturnal species. Yeah. Uh, and even if you feel like you're a night owl, yes, yeah. Yeah, so about that. I mean, like, yeah, but not really. Not really. Oh, no, not Just really. Just lying to yourself, people. Well, not. You're not night owls. <laughs> I mean, Tom I says so. take it that far, to be honest. <laughs> I would suggest... Tom does, he's horrified. That you, <laughs> that you probably need to see the daytime. 
because that's a thing yep. for the vast majority of humans, right? Yep. You got 200,000, 300,000 years of evolution has led us. You're a psychopath. To this. Oh my God. Those are different things for what it's worth. Those are different that. concepts. We should cover that in season two. Shout out to the <laughs> All People Are Monsters episode. I don't think we've ever talked about benefits of being a psychopath at times. So, Sounds fun. Well, it's quite helpful, but let that's okay, a diversion. We'll, we'll talk Perfect. about that. Yeah, being a psychopath's not all bad. Let's put a pin in that for another day. Uh, yeah. So in any case, sleep at night time uh, and take care of yourself. As so, fine. Listen to your body. Sleep cave, sleep routine, yes. what goes up must come down yes uh notice the helpful and unhelpful things anything else in this mix i mean i think it's important to kind of shout out to like the folks who have the nightmares okay so nightmares everyone understands to be a bad dream where you wake up and often you'll be too hot so when you wake up notice how your body feels and that's a great time treat it just like frustration so that's a time when you might want to get out of bed let yourself uh, calm all the way down. I mean, when my kids have nightmares, I get them to get up, go to the toilet. Yeah, I have to do that. Yeah. Well, and apart from anything else, you're reducing another bodily pressure, mm. right? So if you can take the pressure off your bladder, then that's great. Now, that's something that needs to be treated with a level of balance because what you can do is oversensitize your bladder. Because again, if we build a routine of waking up at, a, at the same time again and again to go to the toilet, then the fact that you do it will mean that you feel like doing it. Oh my God. I know. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I go to the toilet all the time. Yes, night. and I, I did. There are plenty of folks do it. And, you know, in, we talked about hydration as an important thing yeah. in the last episode. Yeah, you can do too much of that. <sighs> and so if you're drinking so much, like, fluid that you're up several times a night, well, now you're impeding on your sleep quality. <sighs> I know. In the mortal world of Dr. Zeus, life Sorry. is a great balance. Ah, so if I, no, wait, stop. <laughs> so if I'm going to the toilet too many times at the night. Yeah. What do I do to, like, undo that? Well, you need to sit with a full bladder. I'd rather not. <laughs> I know, of course <laughs> you'd rather not. children and I don't want to do that. Because it's uncomfortable. But yes. again, keep in mind, it's all about transition. It's so it's not... therapy yes. for blood. Are you yes. kidding me? It's exactly what it is. Jesus and it's Christ. exactly the same framework. Because I'm you're thirsty just talking you're about <laughs> Still, you're still like working with the nervous, nervous system. Nervous. Right. Keep in mind, the human bladder has, I think, this, more neurons around it than the brain of a cat. What? Yes, there's a huge. I think cats are stupid. Well, there are, they are, and bad. <laughs> cats dogs. are bad. Uh, <laughs> terrible pets. I've seen enough cat asses on like telehealth to, <laughs> f- to fill my life. In any case, yeah, the human what? the human bladder is an enormously thinking organ, right? I mean, keep in mind it's a really important thing to do because if you don't pee enough, you can end up with a kidney infection, which yeah. is really bad for you, or a bladder infection, or a UTI. All of those things are unpleasant and you know not dangerous necessarily kidney infection is pretty bad um but certainly very very unpleasant um and if you don't do it enough you can have the same issues so we do need like quite a stream of data pun intended um oh. as far yeah i know look what i did there a uh, stream of data oh, as far as how well is the bladder working but then you get all the same phenomenon that we have in the rest of the mind right so i would say the need to pee regularly you can almost think of as like bladder anxiety mm-hmm. but the thinking is happening literally around the bladder um can and I so take my bladder into oh, psychology god that no that is a level of intimacy that i do not and have never and will never engage in as far as therapy is concerned. I mean, short short answer, no. Longer answer, yes, as long as it stays within the rest of you and we all keep our hands above the table, I guess. Um, this has got somewhere I just I didn't know. expect. I know, this turned into, I thought this would be a very straightforward conversation, but then again, I often think that and then it never is. <laughs> and then I ask you a random question. Um, so, okay, just so just, quick, so just quickly, right? right? So you're, you're, you're absolutely right as far as exposure therapy is a great framework for bladder work is concerned. So let's say you're getting up five times a night to pee at the moment. Then what you want to do is say, okay, you're in bed. Let's say it's 10 hours just to make the maths easy. Um, So that means you're up every two hours, right? So now you want to push two and a quarter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you don't need to go from five, four to three to two. Exactly. So your body's going to wake you up. It's like now's the time you normally go to the toilet. I'm your Pavlovian brain. I'm being helpful. Yes. You're like, yeah, but not helpful because I'm now. I've talked to my GP if I've got an underlying issue with my kidneys um, or with recurrent UTIs or whatever. Um, So I've figured out what is the like safe medical quantity of water to drink. What is the minimum safe medical quantity of water to drink? I'm going to work towards that so I can get my sleep better. 
And then a whole lot of like health effects will come with that. Um, and so now I'm going to, okay, I only need to get up once, right? My GP tells me that I need to drink an unusually large amount of water. So my target is I want to get up once. And for everybody else, it should be I can sleep through the night. <gasps> <laughs> I can't believe that's a bombshell for you. I'm pretty sure I went to the toilet four times last night. Amazing. Go yeah. and book a GP session. <laughs> I drink a lot of water. Yes, I know. You need to stop doing that. I really like water. Well, how's that working out for you? Well, great, except... <laughs> You're sleep deprived. Getting full night's sleep. Exactly. Waking up my partner all night. Great. I'm sure he's, like, <laughs> super <it>. pleased. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Great. let's reflect on this. So all of that, right? So you start- I love that these are not sessions for me. No, definitely not. This is totally hypothetical. Good old diesel lounge. Um, so this is a purely hypothetical scenario, let's just say. Yeah, so you go from every two hours, push out to two and a quarter. Right. And then consolidate that, right? So you, you don't go straight from two and a quarter to two and a half. You're like, all right, so I need to do two and a quarter, and I need to do that until that's comfortable. Right. Right, because you'll go from sitting awake for 15 minutes and then over the course of a week or two, it'll probably go, your body will wake you up with uh, after two hours and five minutes, then two hours and 10 and then two hours and 15. Yeah. Great. Okay. So now I'm waking up at two hours and 15. Now I'm pushing to 2.30. Yeah, right. And then out and out and out. And ultimately, yes, you'll get to a point where you can sleep for eight hours or 10 in this scenario without going to the toilet because your body is actually geared up to process things more slowly while you're asleep right Right? again as an animal that is like very experienced in doing things while it's asleep because the sleep time is amazing right it's a fascinating area of science and there's a whole lot of stuff that is a mystery to us at the moment and there's a lot of cleaning out that seems to happen now i don't want to slander diesel lounge (laughs) but does alcohol play a part in how much diesel lounge might be going to the toilet well it is a diuretic right so keep in mind and any of the diuretics right like yes enough water is diuretic which again we talked about in the last episode it just means makes you pee more uh but absolutely booze is a diuretic uh, if you think of that term like breaking the seal um yeah or pissed right pissed of course refers to if you drink heaps of booze you are pissed which means yes both drunk but also refers to the fact that you need to go to the toilet a lot um yeah so absolutely booze plays a part and just like caffeine or Hell, even dairy or fruit juice or whatever else, like pay attention to what your body's telling you. Um, you know, be curious about what the difference is. Do the experiments. Are you sensitive to apples but not oranges? Maybe. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's neither. Uh, yeah, so there are the obvious ones like caffeine and alcohol. Uh, but then you want to pay attention to your body, what it needs rather than what it wants in any given moment. Um, and it's often you need to like pay attention to it over the scale of days and weeks to kind of figure out what those things are. Like that insight is not all going to drop in No, afternoon. and I feel like keeping a journal as much as I never do it, but I yes. know that I should, yep. writing that stuff down is actually an easy way because you just can't remember two weeks down the track. No, no. What triggered what? Week. And a big shout out to Dalio, which I'll whack in the, the mm-hmm. notes for this, which is the journal you're talking about, but on an app. Um, so it has like a, I love it for kind of monitoring mood type stuff, but you can use it for sleep. And of course, um, you, there are plenty of sleep journals out there. And if you're wearing a smartwatch these days, um, it'll give you great sleep stats. Um, you know, kind of minimum chips like Fitbit band. So not even the full watch, I think is about 80, 90 Australian dollars these days. Um, and that has sleep stats in it. Um, and different watches have kind of different like emphasis on sleep. Yeah. Also that, right. So if you've got the, if the technology can save the problem, we talked about it in the last session, like take the path of least resistance on this stuff. It's already hard enough and there are no bonus points for doing it in a harder way. Um, So I'd say if you've got an easy way to gather this data and that's useful for you, do it. The only thing I would say on that though, because I've seen people start to obsess about sleep stats and then they put pressure on themselves about like, ooh, I only did seven hours last night and it was 40% not good. I know, isn't that glorious i love the irony of that yeah and like everything else right there's a balance you can have too much water you can have not enough you can put too much emphasis on sleep you can put not enough emphasis on sleep um all of this is true all right tom to summarize (laughs) what's your three takeouts for the magical land of sleep all right uh so let it go punchline of frozen one so good let it go right which no can you do it for jason statham (laughs) Let it go. Let it go. Thank you. Uh, Wow, that is 
Sinister. Don't do Sinister sleeping. That's a bad idea. Um, yeah, maybe stop doing a Jason Statham movie. No, do it. I think okay. you should have it in every episode. You're going to challenge me to like do an entire day's work like that. Yeah. I don't think my clients will appreciate it. Um, yeah, so letting it go, right? Let it go of consciousness, right? Because keep in mind, we're not moving towards sleep. We're letting go of consciousness. Not going anywhere, guys. No. Well, we're kind of going away from consciousness, right? So it's about letting go of whether it's frustration or consciousness or anything else, right? So I'd say if you've got a goal as far as sleep's concerned, it's to be restful, right? You want to move towards something, move towards restfulness, and then sleep will take care of itself because it's not actually in your conscious control. You can load the odds in favor of success by having like healthy routine and stuff, but letting it go is the the kind of key goal as far as sleep is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to have yourself a sleep cave, so pay attention to the way you're sleeping, right? So try and sleep at nighttime, cool, dark room. Uh, doesn't need to be perfectly silent. If you want your whale noises or your frog whatever, yeah, your frog orchestra <laughs> or your lavender mist, totally fine, right? Like you do whatever works for you. And again, this is where gathering a bit of data can be of use. So some kind of sleep journal um, or even just pulling the stats off your phone or your smartwatch uh, can be a good way of getting that done. Uh, And have a predictable bedtime, right? So work that sleep routine, keeping in mind that that starts in the day, right? So get some exercise, what goes up must come down um, and let that be part of your journey through to unconsciousness. Oh, Tom. Hate it so it's much. my sleep journey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so links to the resources will be in the show notes. Um, next week, Tom, is my crazy the same as your crazy? <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing with this, Tom? Are we having a crazy scale where we need to match things up? Oh, is there God. like a Tinder thing where <laughs> I can like rate myself and then match with someone? I mean, that would be a fun addition. And I think those, to be fair, a lot of those dating sites kind of have various versions of that, like the compatibility <laughs> of, of different versions of crazy. I, I think this is a relationships conversation okay. as best as I can tell. Uh, yeah, so I think it's uh, it's going to be a conversation about whether you need to be the same. Do birds of a feather flock together uh, mm. or do opposites attract? Ugh. Oh, or, yeah, I know. <laughs> Wow. Can we that be the that intro song? She would be. No, we don't have the rights to that. And I'm not paying the royalties. Uh, God damn it. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's that. So how do different people fit together? Because, you know, it's obvious the answer. No, our crazies are not the same. Oh, my God. I'm just having all these songs now. I'm in Greece. We go together. Oh, God. Like don't sing too much of it. I don't want to have to pay for anything. <laughs> Right, we'll be back with my, no musical intros inner, whatsoever. My inner accountant is screaming at me right now. <laughs> <It's> screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you for joining us. For All People Are Crazy, we will chat to you next week. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> all People Are Crazy is a production of The Therapy People. We would appreciate your five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Why not visit us at allpeoplearecrazy.com.au or on Instagram or Facebook. If you're a psychologist interested in setting up private practice, why not visit therapypeople.com.au to see whether we can be of assistance.